I think when you really look at most of our success stories, we've got hundreds, right? They all speak to the lifestyle changes that the training brings them. Even though they might have started with fat loss as a first or secondary goal, the things that they actually appreciate later are the things like being able to go on these 14-mile hikes in the Alps and get up and do it again the next day, which they would have never been able to do you know, a few years ago. So if you don't think training older individuals is cool, you're probably just not in the right game, I would say. Welcome to the Alloy Personal Training Business Podcast, where we'll share our insights on how to make more money, how to help more people, and how to be a better leader for your business and your community. We've been in this game since 1992, and we'll share our successes and failures along the way. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Hey, everybody. Jay Croft of Prime Fit Content here with a special guest today, Rick Mayo. A lot of you know, he's one of the most dynamic leaders in the fitness industry. Also a neighbor here in Metro Atlanta has been a good friend to me here at Prime Fit Content. Rick, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, Jay. I'm super excited. Rick's been in the fitness business for about 25 years now with a, a really successful licensing system. And uh, just this week, he's launched a new chapter in his alloy fitness empire. And uh, rather than let me talk about it, I'd rather, Rick, if you could just tell the folks what's going on with you. It's very exciting. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks. Um, so as of September 1st, just a few days ago, we um, officially moved from a licensed model, which was really, for lack of better terms, like a franchise light, right, into a true franchise. So we can uh, use the brand, right, of Alloy on the front door and really give, you know, our franchisees the best vehicle for success, right? Because as you know, license is great, license model, and we've had a great success with that. In our own brands, other big brands, you know, have done really well with it. But there's not as much control, right? So you, you don't really get the same customer experience, one gym running alloy versus another. And so we've learned a lot, having a couple thousand clubs that we've licensed worldwide. We've really learned what's scalable, what's not. Pulled it all back. We're now putting it into a franchise package. Launched, I get, like I said, a couple of days ago. And uh, we're actually going after a different market now as well, which is probably why you and I are on this call, right? As we, when you look at historically speaking, the type of crowd that we've serviced well with a personal training based product, it has been folks that are a little bit longer in the tooth, to be honest, right? They have the financial wherewithal to pay for personal training services. We have a lot of data around retention rates and things, you know, for different age brackets, what price points are more appropriate, all those things are going into it. But one of the unique propositions is that it is a franchise that essentially targeting you know, that 45 to 50 plus market, which is something that we seem to service really well. And anyone in our licensing family that's doing a really dynamic, good personal training business just so happens to also be servicing that market. So the writing's on the wall. We've had enough time to do it and enough empirical evidence you know, from our licensees to know that it's the right move. Right. And there's a lot of evidence about why this market is so keen. And I've been wondering for the last, you know, however long I've been doing this, why anybody going into fitness would want to chase the 20-somethings right. you know, when you've got this market here of people over 50, 45, 50, whatever it is, they're great customers and there's a lot of them. Right. Tell us a little bit about that because I think a lot, of, a lot of people in fitness still think, oh, I don't want to work with old people. They're boring. They're not sexy. Whatever. That's really not true. So that's a really good question. That's something we address a lot. When I do talks at like a Perform Better, right, which is more of a technical trainer uh, forum or platform, if you will, you know, we talk about this. So people talk about 
like a young, young folks come out of school, exercise science degree, and they really want to train athletes, mm-hmm. which is great. So you would think that maybe training older individuals is on the opposite end of the spectrum from athletes. But I would say that it's really closer to the athletic training realm than the middle ground, right? Which is sort of your hit franchises, like boot camp type of businesses, right? Where it's not necessarily so technical. It's really all about the customer experience, which as we know is really important. But I don't think you should do that necessarily at the expense of saying good programming, right? So if you look at what goes into training high-level athletes, the technical aspects, the movement quality, the things that they do, if you just dumb that down um, or regress it, if you will, to a certain degree, those same exact principles cross over really well to active aging clients, right? Which is kind of a derogatory term, active living, whatever you want to call it, right? So I think that it, you to be a good coach and a, and a good trainer and somewhat technical, um, you'll, you should really enjoy training older individuals. A, you're going to have to use your training techniques a little bit more, right? You have to think a little bit. It's not just a, you know, burpees till you die kind of program, which is kind of what we see, right? That's kind of, anybody can do that. So it's like, well, not everybody can do it. So even though we're writing the programming, you're still going to have to learn how to coach it. So you're going to have some pride in that. And, I think it's cooler, actually, if you're going to talk about like, hey, I don't want to train old people. It's like, well, what's cooler? Trying to get a uh, 32-year-old woman ready for the beach. Right. It's a pain in the ass, honestly. I mean, it's great. But as you know, there's 99% of what's going to happen there at the beach is going to happen outside of the gym anyway, right? Or would you rather have someone come in that just wants to go on a hike, you know, in Colorado in a few months, and you need to get them fit enough, strong enough to go on that hike? Like, I don't know about everyone else, but I'll take that person every single time. Much easier, honestly, right? To get someone ready physically to do real life activities than it is to get somebody beach body ready, right? I mean, listen, even in this age category, weight loss is a big goal. Yeah. We can obviously accommodate that or you wouldn't be in business at all. But I think when you really look at most of our success stories, we've got hundreds, right? Printed, done on the wall. They all speak to the lifestyle changes that the training brings them. Even though they might have started with fat loss as a first or secondary goal, the things that they actually appreciate later are the things like being able to go on these 14-mile hikes in the Alps and get up and do it again the next day, which they would have never been able to do you know, a few years ago. So if you don't think training older individuals is cool, you're probably just not in the right game, I would say. you know. Yeah, well, that's really good to hear because... You know, obviously, you see a great opportunity here to take your business in this direction. As a writer, I'm much more intrigued by someone who's 50, 60, 70, or even older because their motivations are much more interesting. But also to a fitness professional, I would think that they're more lucrative. You know, you get someone at, to join your, at my age, I'm 55. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to go across town to save 10 bucks a month. I'm not going to join a new club because I got a new girlfriend who wants me to go work out where she wants to work out. I've got the money. I've got the time. There's a lot of good reasons why you guys should want to work with people over 50 money-wise, right? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So listen, we, we knew this intuitively, but to have a compelling story about what we already knew, we pulled a lot of data, right? And some of that data is shocking, right? It's, it's amazing. Shocking. So Little things like 70% of disposable income in the U.S., which, by the way, is what people spend on personal training, right? It lives in the over 50 population, right? Mm-hmm. Conversely, only 5 to 10% of marketing dollars are spent in that group. 
So when economists are speaking to this boomers or whatever, I mean, listen, this is even a little bit younger than boomers, right? They're not just speaking about fitness, right? They're talking about all brands and all products would be crazy not to essentially address directly and relevantly the wealthiest generation of all times is really what we're talking about. And when you look at the inheritance capabilities over the next few years, the money spent online, you know, by this 50 and up crowd, all these things that you might think um, were not happening are happening. You know, fastest growing segment of people on Facebook, which is where a lot of fitness professionals market for new clients, right? It's the same age category we're talking about here. So, and they have more money and they actually buy more products online than younger age categories, right? Their discretionary spending is going to triple in the next 10 years and it's only going to go up by like 30% for anyone under 50. So I think where we get thrown off is when you hear things like, hey, millennials spend a disproportionate amount of their percentage of their income on fitness, which is great. But as you know, like 10% of 40,000 is not like you know 3% of 750,000, right? It's like, it's just a different ballgame. So it skews the numbers a bit. So if you're looking for pure economics, if you want to make money in a personal training business, you would be insane not to address yeah. this exact demographic that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you and not being a, a trainer myself, but it's just, it's right there in front of you. And it's really exciting to see someone like you take the ball and run with it for me what I, you know, what I sense that made me do this because it's, a, yeah. it's just not being met. No one's writing about it. No one's talking about it. And it's my life. It's my siblings' lives. It's my parents' lives. It's you know, everything that's going on around me. Barely a baby boomer, but I am one. And, um, you know, I'm not old. I'm not silver. I'm not nifty at 50. You know, I'm just me. And when, that's a terrible name, by the way. Isn't it awful? And, and they're, and nifty and 50. Hmm. Nifty and 50 or silver. And you know, I know a lot of people like silver sneakers. That's great. But just the names of this thing. That's all. Like We have clients that come to our gym that are in amazing shape that are yeah. in their mid-60s, right? I mean, these people can work, outwork most 20-year-olds that would start at our gym any day of the week. Well, they take advantage of silver sneakers to maybe go down and walk on the treadmill at a different club down the street because it's free. Like, why would you not? So, like, you think silver sneakers, but, you know, if you're not taking the silver sneakers classes, typically those A players are the people that are, are fit and on top of their game in their 60s, 70s, whatever. They're just doing it to go jump on the treadmill here or there for, because it's uh, cost advantageous. That's the only reason they do it. Yeah. So there's those people, the people like, you know, who are athletic and, uh, safe and comfortable in a gym and if they're out of town they don't think twice about walking into the gym to, to do what they need to do and they're comfortable even if they've had a hip replacement or they have diabetes or whatever things happen inevitably sometimes in life you know at this age then there's the other group as well and maybe this is more people who who spent 30 or 40 years working and raising kids and now they're retired and the kids are gone and they're fat and they haven't been in a gym in 40 years and they're scared to death to walk into one with a bunch of size twos running around. Tell me about those two targets, if you will. Maybe that's not the, quite the right word, but those two buckets of fitness customers. And if there's another one in this age group, it's a very diverse age group. So I'm curious if you've seen... Uh, I would say, honestly, those two buckets just reflect society overall, right? As yeah. you know, we'll, as a health club industry... We only penetrate a certain percentage of the market, depending on what you read. You know, let's just say 20% is a good round number, depending on what you're reading, of people that like to consume fitness in a brick and mortar facility anyway, right? 
So I think if you look at that representation, it's very similar even in this age bracket. So you're going to have your sort of fit, healthy people that come to you that have always done things, right? Now, those people are typically going to be fit in the sense that they can, they have a high work capacity and they can, they understand that they need to work hard and they want to stay fit for their activities. But still, if you're, if you're of that age and you've been active like that your whole life, you're going to have some, some dings and nicks, right? Meaning you're going to have a hip replacement, right. knee replacement, bad shoulder, you know, back sore from travel, whatever that is. I mean, there's just no way you can get that far along in life being active and not have some, some chinks in your armor. So like, yeah, we can accommodate those people, but still have to be technical to do it. And the other bunch, the other 80%, which is kind of representative of overall society that don't work out. Yeah. I mean, again, leaning more towards being a better technical coach and just having a front end process to bring people into your gym and into your service meaningfully so that you can apply what you're doing to them at the right dosage, at the right time, at the right level, um, means that you can accommodate both of those buckets, if you will, right? People that are active and fit and sort of these A players, they're probably still the CEO of their business, whatever that is. I mean, you know, different individual than someone who's maybe stayed at home with the kids, male or female, hasn't done anything in 30 years. And like you said, doesn't want to join a gym, you know, that has a bunch of size two, you know, 30 year olds running around. It's like, all right, great. Well, we're the right place for them as well. Mm-hmm. So I think those are the same two buckets that we see almost in all of fitness, right? Just becomes more prominent as you get older. If you've been inactive, that's when things start to catch up with you. You're going to see more obesity rates, less mobility, you know, like you said, type two diabetes and things they are going to develop a little later from the 40 years of deprivation (laughs) of terrible dieting or whatever that you've, uh, that you've administered to yourself, you know, leading up to this point. So, uh, you know, it's so unfair, right? It's like, how can this be? I've spent 40 years eating horribly and <laughs> how did I end up this way? But when someone gets to that epiphany, kids leaving school is a leaving for school or leaving the home is a transitional time. So I look in the mirror and say, man, like what's next for me, right? I need to get my ass back in shape or into shape for the first time ever. Right. Um, so you need to be able to accommodate those people or you're missing out on that 80% chunk of the population. Rick, tell me who, um, who's your ideal franchisee or who's your avatar who would be really great to join the alloy franchise world? Yeah, it, it really, you know, that's a great question. So in a lot of ways, it's the same customer avatar that we would have in our gym. So as an example, when we announced, um, by the way, you know, I didn't even mention this before, but we had an 8,000 square foot facility, one of the highest revenue per square foot facilities in the country. And we literally blew it up and shrank it so we could sit right on the exact model with the right population, right? which wasn't a popular thing to do because that meant we had to essentially, you know, lose quite a few clients to eliminate some of the products or services that were applying to maybe different individuals in the gym. Right. So to kind of get down to the actual model and represent it, ideally, you know, we had to you know blow up the gym, you know, and take it to that. And in all this jibber jabber, and I've just done, I've completely forgotten the original question that you asked me. So I won't ask me again. <laughs> By the way, this may happen to more than once. So just a fair one. No problem. No problem. So who's your avatar? Who who yeah, yeah, yeah. is so, ideal to, to hook up with you? Yeah, so some of our clients that are in our gym right now are very interested in potentially investing in the franchise, right? Because they've been consuming the actual service with great success for a long period of time and they're very successful. So when you look at, you know, a franchise versus a license, you have to financially qualify to own a franchise. So you have to have a certain amount of net worth. You have to have a certain amount of liquid assets, right? Some things that you could just purchase the the franchise with. 
So certainly the people that understand that there's a gap in the market here, there's no one relevantly servicing these clients as a brand at scale um, are people that would be interested franchisees. Now that doesn't mean that you can't find someone who's in their twenties or thirties who either has money or can find an investor, right? And understands the business and the economics of this age category and can relate to them. Perhaps they're already doing some coaching or training with this crowd now with some success. So they know it, right? They yeah. feel it already. That, that would still make a good franchisee. They're just going to make, have to make sure that they financially qualify and, and you have a passion for servicing this particular crowd. And what kind of programming expertise do they need to, you know, I, I hear trainers say, I don't want to break an old person. I don't want to hurt an old person. Right. I don't know how to treat someone who's had a hip replacement, uh, how to lead someone who's had a hip replacement, something like that. Right. What do you do for them or what do they need to do for themselves to you know, have that knowledge? Yeah. So, well, listen, I can only speak to it through our lens because that's what we know, but we control all that. So we write all the programming. So we have these sort of connect the dots, if this, then that sort of algorithms and rules, right? That get people from, hey, I'm, I need to get back in shape again so that the service and the programs are applied to them at the right dosage in the right way and can work around you know, shoulders, backs, knees, hips, you know, whatever these injuries are, right? So as far as technical training, listen, a nationally accredited certification is good. Um, I know the active aging guys have, or Ageless Fitness has a good certification. That's a good one. But if we can just get people to run the play, honestly, if we're speaking through the lens of alloy, then everything is done for you. So I would say more importantly than the technical side, as long as you can coach the exercise as well, which will teach you how to do, is that you have the right intangibles, right? We're big proponents of the adage, you know, hire the athlete, train the skill. And the athlete in this case is someone who's great with people who can relate. You know, they don't have to be in the same age category to relate to the clientele. We've got coaches in their 20s who are just very emotionally mature and can relate, communicate, and get along really well with this 45 and up age bracket, which is also wealthy, right? Certainly in our area. So it just has to be the right individual. And those intangibles are actually more important than the technical side. Now, yes, get an, get an accredited certification. We have an alloy certification that you'll get just from your onboarding that will give you continuing education credits towards your nationally accredited cert. But yeah, just it's really more just hiring the right person and we'll handle all the technical stuff on our end. What about the marketing of, uh, I opened a fran- I know alloy franchise. You're starting here in the Southeast, I believe. So maybe I'm in yep. Macon, Georgia or, or St. Petersburg or wherever. Yep. Um, you know, how do I talk to them? What do I do? Are they on Facebook? What do I tell them to go see their doctor first? Do I tell them stories about awesome 70 year old athletes? Like what's the, what kind of marketing help do you give people to talk to this audience? Yeah. And so we've even done this. Uh, great question. We've even done this over the last few years in our facility because there's been an explosion of the studios, right? Yeah. The big brands like an Orange Theory and F45 and these guys. And they all sort of chase that same, again, avatar that we talked about earlier, like 30-year-old attractive moms. You know, it's like, all right, we're all going for that person. Got it, right? But there's 37 brands chasing the same person and they need 800 of them you know, to make money. So we have, by default, looking at that saying, yeah, you know, let's be different in our market. We're going to go after this this crowd that you and I are talking about today, um, 50 plus, 
and like that's always been the challenge. Like, how do you do it relevantly? Because you don't want to be the, the names that we talked about earlier, like fit in 50 or, I mean, that's silly. Uh, you know, I'm going to be 50. Like, I don't want to work out a fit in 50 place. That sounds ridiculous, right? Like, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you saw I, I went all in. I even posted a shirtless pic on the internet. Like, I've never done that before. Had to do it. So it's like, I'm all in. That, and that should prove it to you. If anybody knows me, they know that's not my style. So I'm all in. But um, here's what I would say. Yeah. Using the name personal training, right? Like that denotes a certain level of service and probably a certain price point, right? Right. So we're not using words like come in and do classes or hit or a thousand calories an hour or anything like that. So just speak to the benefits that this particular crowd appreciates, which certainly weight loss, but it's really just getting in shape. Like, you know, our motto is looking good, feeling great, living life to the fullest. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Like looking good is like a, it's relative, you know, it's like, it doesn't mean that you have six pack abs all the time. You could, but maybe it just means you lost 20 and that means your knees don't hurt as bad. Right. So that's the feeling great part. And then living life to the fullest is the things we talked about earlier. Because you look at this crowd, they like to do things, you know, they have the money, discretionary income to spend on adventure travel. And I mean, they consume all of the higher end products, the services, right? So training them for those life things are, are really where you're going to see the biggest impact. So use the term personal training in your in the name of your business or in your ads, and then simply show people in the ads that represent the people in the gym. I never understood how someone would own a gym. And they would tell me, yeah, man, we're going after the same crowd. And we train these older people. But they might have one person in their gym that's like an MMA fighter. And all their videos are training this like badass dude with neck tats who's like, you know, doing all these ridiculously hard exercises. I'm like, that doesn't speak to even me. And I like fancy myself as kind of that guy. You know, I'm not. But, you know, that doesn't even talk to me. So all you need to do is show people in your ads. Um, and Facebook's a great forum. We talked about the fastest growing segment of the market is that female market over 55. So it's a good place to be right now on Facebook for personal training services. Yeah. So, and you can get very specific on how you target those individuals. But then when you target them, the content that you're putting out to them needs to speak to them. And the easiest way to do it is just to have success stories that look like them. If you saw some of our success stories, I showed some of them in my presentations that I did throughout this year. And, um, you know, they're kind of boring, honestly. Like I'd love to say it was like super sexy and this person was doing backflips and all this stuff. It's like, no. It's like, here's someone sitting there who just says, listen, I came in here, I lost 40 pounds. I'd had a meniscus tears in my knees. You know, I could never squat before that. It's kind of one of those stories where you're, if you're like super fit, you're like, eh. But if you're someone sitting at home who looks at that, you say, that is me, right? And we have people come in and say, that's me. Like I saw your ad, the lady that lost the weight, right? that did this and that, like, I want to do what she does. Right. And so we automatically then attract like people. So I would say for advertising, Facebook is a great forum for this crowd. Instagram, meh, not so much yet, but Facebook's good. Use the, the terms personal training, because that means something specific, which is what this crowd wants, right? And they can pay for it. And then show people in the ads that look like the people that you want to attract to the gym, not just the young and fit people. Right, right. Listen, I know we're, I want to be respectful of your time. I know we, we're going to uh, need to wrap up here, but um, I want to ask you two last things. You're about to turn 50. When is the big day? I'm not, I don't know. It's soon. I'm not going to tell. <laughs> You'll know because there's going to be a massive party. You'll probably read about it in the news. Yeah. I'm going to have Beyonce down, hang out. You know, I don't, I don't know who else, but we'll start with her and Jay Z and then we'll just see what happens from there. I'm in Atlanta. So, 
sort of the R&B capital. I'm pretty sure we can attract whoever we want, you know. Sure, sure. Okay, well, I hope I'm on the guest list for that. Of course. You're in town, of course, yeah. VIP. Yeah. Hey, and then tell the folks where to go to learn more about getting involved with this. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, um, if you're interested in franchising, um, obviously, we'd love to talk. We're at alloyptfranchise.com or, or I'm sorry, just alloyfranchise.com. And then other than that, you guys are all over social media. Ping me, reach out anytime. If you have questions about this, if you want to talk about economics or whatever, I love to talk shop. If you're in Atlanta, you know, look me up, swing by the gym anytime. But um, yeah, I'd love to catch up with you guys. Uh, Jay, I appreciate you having me on. And um, you know, I told you I had limited time, but you could probably keep me on here for two hours, as you can imagine. Well, and I would like that, but I'm, I'm sure you, uh, you have better things to do with your, with your time than talk to me anymore. But um, I thank you very much. I'm really excited about what you're doing. You're onto something, and I think it's very exciting. So, Likewise, man. Keep up the good work. Like uh, You're in the same space, right? Pumping good content. So keep up the great work. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I hope to. It's, it's going real well. You know, like you were saying, people want to see stories that they relate to. And that's what I do. I don't, I don't write about programming or meniscus tears or how to do a squat or should you do the sumo or the regular whatever. I write about the people who got cancer and overcame it and how fitness helped them to go participate in, in really cool events or, you know, women who, who wanted to go on that special hiking trip that you were talking about and knew that they couldn't do it, you know? So they come to someone like you and you help them get ready to do that. And, you know, I came to this in my early 50s because I saw this need. No one was talking to me, let alone people 20, 30 years older. And I thought, hey, man, I've been doing this my whole life. I'm not going to start. I'm not nifty. I'm not silver. My money is green. And I have more of it than I ever have before. So who wants it, right? And I, I want it. I'm just saying uh, you put me in line. I'm, I want some of your money for sure. <laughs> you got it, brother. Thank you. Come up to the gym. Come take a workout. Come hang out with us. I'd like to. When should I do that? Anytime. Hit me up offline. We'll get you up there. You'll love it. Okay, cool. All right, brother. Good catching up, my man. Hey, you too. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, check us out at alloyfranchise.com for more information on the alloy systems. Also, leave us a five-star review so we can spread the good word and help more people. <laughs>